Hello and welcome back to the M31 Podcast presented by M31 Media. I'm your host, Nick Benoit. And today's podcast is very special because we got on the App Store. You can now download the M31 Media app from the Apple iOS App Store by searching M31 Media or just my name, Nick Benoit. Um, this is awesome. I am so thrilled to finally have gotten onto the App Store uh, after you know a lot of tries, a lot of working through things and making improvements and, and looking at other apps that were on there that were made by, you know, solo developers and, and things like that. Um, you know, super thankful for all you beta testers going through it. I know I've bounced a lot of ideas off a lot of you. I've definitely gotten a bug fix or two from a few of you, feedback, that sort of thing. Really happy to be there. Um, I know there's, you know, obviously there's not a million features and functionality, but I think like the overall look has improved. We've added, you know, a Twitter feed, so there's more kind of real-time news coming in, not just the updates from me that are, you know, more sporadic every couple days, um, but really happy with where it is now. It's on the App Store. You know, this is part of it, too. Like, when I wanted to share it with people, I know a lot of people uh, didn't want to put up with test flight and other things that go with being a beta tester. So, super thrilled. I mean, this is just like, I was just over the moon when they accepted it. I think I blasted out to pretty much everyone who listens to this podcast. I mean... I know maybe it spreads to more more people beyond kind of my my friend and family group, but generally most of you probably got that uh, a, a, an image of that uh, welcome email from the App Store, and I sent the link to a lot of you. Um, and yeah, I'm just I'm just really excited, really really happy to get there. Um, and basically, what it came down to, it's funny. Like people have asked me, like, what's the process for like, getting the App Store? And like as you would expect, they're kind of sticklers. This isn't Android, and. Uh, you know, essentially they would they would critique it for you know uh, this this guideline of minimum functionality, right? Which is so vague, doesn't tell you anything you need to add. Just like, sorry, kind of it's not enough for us. And you'd be like, well, okay, well it provides the information I want to provide in a way that's better than a website, right? So I was like, I wasn't trying to you know create the next Facebook here. It's just like an uh, information news utility for kind of in presented in a way that I wasn't I wasn't seeing out there, right? And I could write my opinions in there and and have some facts and. In detail, you can, and then so I added more stuff, right? So I, I, I made it so you could save it to your iOS calendar, and then uh, you can share the events, and then you know I did things like uh, tweak it to optimize for dark mode so it works better with iOS 13. Uh, added in the real time news so you can get the stuff in from Twitter and and more like space science technology type content. Um, added notifications and then a tab to track those notifications if you accidentally deleted them, right? So just kind of like trying to stack these features, stack these features to kind of build up to something like a critical mass of like, okay, you tell me minimum functionality, then I'm just going to keep adding things that are more app-like, more things that are on phones, right? And so actually in a small part of it, I think a part like what actually tipped it over the scale, if you want to ask me that directly, is, is literally just how you present it. So one of the things you submit, right, is like, you don't just submit your app and like the code when you when you submit it to Apple. You also submit like the entire package of how the app's going to be presented on the App Store. So if you go on, right, like the pictures and the description and even like the age rating. So we're rocking a 17 plus um, just because there's unrestricted web access technically through the Twitter feed. Um, so, okay. Uh, but so they kind of spit that out for you. So and, and then you take your app screenshots. So you can show how it looks for different devices, on the iPad, if that's available, things like that, right? And so my initial app description, as silly as this may sound, I had written like a bunch of stuff about, you know, what, what we're about and, you know, it's about following events in science, space and technology and getting people excited, right? Like that's kind of the premise, right? 
And then the next one, I had like two paragraphs kind of toward the middle, just saying, like describing what the app is, right? It's like a list of events, catalog, upcoming, past, you know, it has this and this features, et cetera, et cetera. Literally, I just kind of started going through other apps uh, descriptions on the app store, like ones made by solo developers, some of them that are similar to mine that are more, you know, rocket launch focused, but, but similar, right. In their, in their design. And I found in their app descriptions, they were just bulleting out their features. So just making it super clear, like here's the dozen things in my app to like, look for that you can do, or that it like, you know, focuses on. And I was like, huh, this is like actually literally the difference between a bulleted list versus kind of my two paragraphs, just made it more punchy and more like obvious. And I think this is what the, I mean, I'm not on the other side of Apple and like what they're doing on the review side, but if you just have a list for them and they're they're probably gonna glance at you or at least look through your app description, you know, it stands out of like, oh, well they have all this stuff and that kind of got, cause you're not there when they review it, right? You just kind of get a notification that they're looking at it and then it's either kind of like approved or rejected, right? So I changed my app description and kind of just took the same, you know, content written in paragraph form rewrote it in the form of bullets. And then the next time I, uh, I submitted it, they actually rejected it again, but in, they let you kind of appeal. And I was just like, look, I've, you know, I've gotten rejected for the same, uh, guideline again and again, I've made all these changes here. Like if you haven't looked at my revised app description, I've bulleted them all out. If you could give me any more direction than just like minimum functionality, that'd be great. And then the next thing I know, the next day they go to review it and it's just approved immediately. No feedback. It's just like, Fresh eyes, I don't know. Maybe they didn't notice the description. We'll, we'll probably never know why. But all of a sudden, approved. I mean, it was on the App Store within probably the hour. They say within 24 hours, but I think it was up within an hour. And that's when I excitedly sent it to a bunch of you. And it started the process of getting in. Um, at first, when you, I could get a link to it on my end, but you couldn't search for it yet because it probably wasn't in their indexes, right? Um, and then it was on there like another hour later or so. And then, and now it's all up and running and firing all cylinders. So that was kind of the process and, and what happened at the very end can sometimes just be the packaging. So I think that's the lesson there with the, um, what's going on there. So anyway, so now the app's out there, um, really cool, you know, tell, tell people if, if they're interested or in this kind of stuff, but you know, the, you know, the beta is annoying or things like that. Now you can just, just search on the app store. So I can even send you the link. It's, it's super easy. Um, just like downloading any app that you download for anything, right? It's free, obviously. Um, no ads, none of that. So uh, we're on the App Store. Super exciting. Thank you for following along. If you listen to this podcast, I just want to take a few minutes to talk about that, reflect on that, and uh, I'm going to be working on more features to come. So uh, I, you know, sometimes I'm focusing more on podcasts. Sometimes I have to take a break from both, but I definitely try and keep the calendar um, up to date. But I'll definitely have I have other um, you know features and things like that on the roadmap that I'm considering. But definitely more features to come now that it's on the App Store. Uh, Really excited about that. So um, yeah, on the App Store. And uh, thank you all again. All right, so on top of this exciting news about the App Store, we actually have an update for one of the biggest kind of upcoming events, I'd say, in the next like six months or so, um, related to SpaceX and their uh, upcoming Starship uh, rocket. So I like to kind of break things down and back up a little bit. For some people, I know some people listening to this are coming at it from all levels of knowledge. So some people have heard of SpaceX. Some people, you know, we walk through like feedback I've gotten in the past is that sometimes, you know, there's a lot of uh, assumed knowledge about where these companies are, where they're going, how everything fits in. So sometimes I like to take a step back and just kind of put the, you know, seed the context and then give you the update of what happened just this week. So SpaceX is developing this rocket called Starship. Um, 
It's going to be the uh, biggest, most powerful rocket of all time. It's going to be fully reusable, which has never been developed ever. And I mean, part of the Falcon 9, which is their existing rocket, is reusable today, but not the entire thing. So, you know, think it's just going to be the cost of the fuel and like refurbishments uh, closer to something like an airliner, right? Then versus like rockets today, which if you didn't know this, are just thrown out over the ocean and broken up, you know, in pieces kind of thing. Um, so they have to build a new one every time, which is incredibly expensive to the tune of tens of millions of dollars. So they're developing this massive rocket. And the idea being, if it's fully reusable and it has this massive uh, power and, and cargo capability, uh, capacity, that this can be the rocket that makes us multiplanetary, takes us back to the moon, takes us to Mars, uh, allows us to explore the solar system more efficiently at a better cost. Um, it allows them to build out uh, so, you know, send other paying satellites to orbit, right? All these capabilities get unlocked if they can develop this, this next generation rocket. So that's Starship. Uh, that's been in development. And so their uh, kind of SpaceX's development timeline is as follows. So they're basically just doing all this in the open. Like a lot of companies do their R&D, you know, behind closed doors, right? In like secret facilities, had cool names. You don't hear much about them. And then you only hear about it when like the product comes out, right? Like you have Google and they're like, uh, their moonshots, right? And like Google X and like it's all hidden and only when it's more ready for prime time. Like that's where their, you know, Google's driverless car stuff started. Um, like all these like more secretive projects. And then when like they've worked out more of the bugs, they do more public demos and they roll it out as like consumer products. But you don't see that part where it's like kind of hidden R&D, right? So the same thing applies to SpaceX in, in, in the aerospace industry. You know, Boeing and other, you know, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, other aerospace companies aren't just showing their R&D in public. Right, you don't see what like kind of next generation vehicles they're doing, systems, weapons, any of that stuff, right? So what SpaceX is doing with Starship is incredibly unique. They're uh, they're developing a new launch facility in South Texas uh, in a place called Boca Chica. It's outside of Brownsville. If you look it up on a map, it's actually that very very bottom point of Texas where you're like, I wonder if anything's down there. Well, now there's going to be a SpaceX uh, launch facility for the for new spaceport, right? So they've just developed it in the last few years. And uh, they're down there developing the, the very first version and prototype of Starship. They're also doing a, uh, another version or other versions of Starship, other prototypes at a different facility in Cocoa, Florida. So they've got two simultaneous R&D facilities going at once. And they're a little unique in that they're incredibly open. They're just building these prototypes. I don't know how it works as far as like how you can manufacture these things exposed to the elements. Um, I guess it's because they're made of stainless steel, which is like a relatively like, you know, easy material to work with outdoors. But there's there's not even like a building or like a clean room covering these the, uh, these prototypes. They're just developing these rockets like out in the open. So people are taking, you know, you know, people who go out there who live in the area take like great DSLR photos and long range stuff. And people have drone shots and you can watch these rockets being built, these prototypes being built in real time. So you got these two sites, right? You got the one in, in Boca Chica in South South Texas, right by the border. And then you've got this other one in Cocoa, Florida. And essentially what Elon Musk has tasked these teams with is, okay, you're both going to build prototypes of this rocket, but you have to share the knowledge of what you come up with together. But, you can, but you're but you free to take whatever knowledge you think is best. So kind of setting up like an internal competition. Apparently tech companies do this in Silicon Valley all the time. Uh, they'll set up internal teams and try and build like the better solution or the better product. So he's just taking that kind of approach and applying it to some place that hasn't technically or you know hasn't really been applied into the aerospace industry. So he's got these two teams. He's got Team Texas. He's got Team Florida, and they're just building uh, increasingly advanced prototypes. So he keeps he's instead of like version one, version two, 
they if you see this on Twitter, if you follow this stuff at all, or in the app when you look at M31 Media, it's all it's he's calling it like Mark, like Mark One, Mark Two. So you'll see like MK is the abbreviation. So Mark One is the first prototype was being built in Boca Chica in Texas, and then Mark Two is right now being built in Cocoa, Florida. Right. So. Uh, at the Starship presentation, when Elon was kind of giving a big overview and, and the immediate timeline and roadmap, he did it kind of in the shadow of Mark One in Texas. And he's like, all right, in one to two months, which is all he's always ahead of time, this this Starship behind me, Mark One, is going to fly to 20 kilometers in, in a test. And we're going to fire our engines, go up to 20 kilometers, and then do a controlled land uh, landing, which is going to be this huge momentous occasion, show that this thing is really real, you know, they're moving down the R&D path. So working up to this test, uh, here's where we catch up to today. So that's the background. They've got these two sites. They've got the Mark One, the Mark II already in development. And the concept, right, is there's going to be a Mark III, a Mark IV, and they're going to tick-tock back and forth. So one will be in Texas. Two is in Florida. Mark III is back in Texas. Mark IV, et cetera, et cetera. And he thinks around, Elon thinks around Marks five and six is when you're kind of closer to like, you know, a fully fleshed out product, not necessarily like no longer as much in like the prototype phase. So that's that's the concept between having these two kind of development R&D sites, right? Okay, so now come to, no, flash no, flash all that forward to, to today. So what happened is they're doing um, not not like launch tests of, of Mark 1 in Texas. They're doing, uh, from what I, when I've read about it, pressurization. So just taking the, the steel structure they've built of Mark 1 and uh, pressurizing it because these things work at incredibly high pressures and they're just testing what they've built as far as like the steel structure, all that kind of stuff, right? I don't know exactly what they're testing, a little bit beyond my kind of knowledge base and things like that, but they're doing a pressurization test, right? And they clear the area, you know, they always have like huge, you know, for safety and all that kind of stuff. And all these people who are watching it, you know, from just like amateurs uh, that live in the area are focusing their cameras on it. And during this test at max pressurization, the uh, the nose cone in the top of the rocket blows off explosively. Like, you know, it's, it looks fantastic. If you go look at the videos of it, people got a lot of different angles of it, just kind of from a distance. No one was hurt. The top blew off. I mean, we're talking like a hundred meters, kind of tall, kind of thing. You know, so the vehicle is effectively rendered useless. Like the Mark One prototype is dead, destroyed, uh, will not fly. And so Elon took to Twitter and basically responded. Um, you know, kind of trying to make it seem like it's not a huge deal if they'd already decided they weren't going to fly the Mark One prototype. And he said, all right, well, we're now targeting Mark Three. will be the first one that flies. So you got, you know, that implies you had Mark One in Texas that just exploded today or the top blew off. And then you had the Mark Two that's being developed in Cocoa, Florida. And then you're going to have the Mark Three once again, like, you know, coming back to Texas again. So he's like, that's the one they're going to actually fly on this test to 20 kilometers, right? So... Um, I think that uh, I, if you have the app, you probably got the notification. I, I tentatively am now, I pushed it out the, that test, the 20 kilometer test two months to the end of January, kind of a guesstimate. I mean, it's just, there's no way. I don't even think there's hardware being built yet for Mark three, considering that they were just doing testing on Mark one. And obviously I don't think they intended for it to have this event where it exploded and kind of is destroyed now. So it's going to, I think it's going to be at least a couple of months before they you know fully build that, test it and then fly it. I assume that'll get pushed back again, but I wanted to kind of at least throw it out there for now because I think I had it at the end of this month, optimistically. So just pushing that out for now. But so that's what happened. They had this pressurization event. The top blew off, kind of destroying Mark One. But at the same time, so people are like, oh, it exploded. Like, this is horrible. 
And like, of course, everything's nuanced, right? I'd say my answer to that of like, is this a fit? How bad is this, etc.? It's like one of those like yes and no type situations, right? So uh, it's just R&D. I guess it's, it goes back to that idea of doing things in plain sight. Most companies don't do that. So I'm sure there's bumps and bruises and things fall and break in these R&D centers all the time, but it's just, you, you never hear about it. It's you, There's no one who can just watch you know, from the side of the road with a DSLR camera while you're doing all this in, in plain sight. So this could happen all the time. There's no revenue that depends on this. There's no business. They're just doing testing on a brand new product essentially, right? So contrasted with, uh, in the past, SpaceX has had two prominent failures of the Falcon 9, their main rocket, the one that launches customers and satellites. And they've had uh, two in the last like three or four years or so. And those are awful, right? Because effectively when a rocket blows up, you need to do like a whole like months or longer analysis of like the exact, every possible reason of what could have gone wrong, fix it, test it, and then come back to flight, right? And during that whole time, like you're not making money, the whole business, like from a revenue like standpoint and like actually running a business, other than all the, all your costs for to do all this testing comes to a halt. So that's like horrible. Like it's like the worst thing. Like if you see it, like their actual rockets delivering payloads and like being paid, if those have a problem, that's like a huge deal. Like there's really no silver lining to put on that other than that, you know, they'll find, you know, they'll fix the rocket and make it better. But like, obviously you don't want to take the rocket you're making money with and take it out of commission, right? Um, this is just different because it's R&D, right? So it's like, okay, yeah, they obviously weren't planning on the top to blow off and like destroy this, the the Mark One prototype, but it's R&D, right? So like the whole idea is that you learn things, you learn probably something about pressurization and stainless steel and all kinds of stuff, right? Like I'm sure they had sensors everywhere and now they're gonna build that into the Mark Three and the Mark Two and the Four, Five and Six, right? And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I guess, I mean, yes and no. It's like, oh, failure, you know, it's like on all the headlines and stuff, but like, I don't know, it's R&D and they, it sounds like from what they said, it's not going to have any kind of setback in their testing timeline because apparently they'd already decided they weren't going to fly this one. It was a good one to, to start practicing on, but it wasn't going to be the one to do the test. They just hadn't officially announced that yet. So yeah, I mean, while it's a setback, I guess, in the sense that they're not going to fly Mark 1, sounds like they might not have even planned on it. And um, I guess you never intend for an explosion, but at the same time, it's the time to learn about things. So that's kind of the overview and update on that. Uh, the Mark One prototype explosion today. It's updating the app. Uh, you know, turn on notifications, download the app. You can stay up to date on all this stuff. And I will, uh, you know, bring you the updates, bring you the commentary, tell you what's going on behind the scenes. And uh, yeah, you'll be ready for all of that. Uh, and please, uh, you know, tell your friends, get on the app. And uh, thank you again for all of you who stuck with me during the beta phase and development and me learning how to code and develop on iOS. And I appreciate it all so, so very much. Uh, and one last thing before I go, uh, I'll send a notification tomorrow morning if you're listening to this now, which you probably aren't because it's pretty late here on the West Coast. But uh, the 21st is the Tesla pickup truck, cyber truck uh, reveal. So a lot of people, you'll get this notification, just or a quick reminder about it. It'll probably be around 11 Eastern, although Tesla and Elon notoriously start late. This is the Tesla pickup truck. So huge event for electric vehicles. Um, you know, it's there's aren't many in that space. Rivian, which we've talked about in this podcast before, has uh, has one coming out next year. But you know, this is Tesla. Obviously, has a, a more established brand name is actually making vehicles kind of you know at scale. Um, so this is huge, and that's tomorrow. So that's a reminder on that. But you'll get the notification tomorrow, 
and uh, yeah, really excited. So we'll see what that looks like. Elon's been kind of cagey about the rendering. He says um, that it's going to look like something out of Blade Runner. Not sure what that means, uh, but it should be exciting either way. Um, so looking forward to that. And so you'll, uh, we'll talk more about that when that happens. Um, all right. So thank you for listening. Uh, until next time, enjoy the future, enjoy the app, uh, tell your friends, enjoy your commute, enjoy your day. Thank you.